Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Here's a brief but annoying message to let you know that you could have first heard this episode nine months ago if you were a subscriber to our Iron Filing Society Patreon offering. For the price of a pint and a St. Clement's each month, you can get up to four episodes a week, nine months before the rest of the world gets them. Early access to regular episodes, lots of other marvellous benefits, and there's absolutely no adverts or brief but annoying messages like this that will get right on your ticks. Find out more and subscribe now at tftimemachine.com slash ironfilings. Here we go. 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 This is it. This is Top Flight Time Machine. I'm Andy Dawson. Pow, pow, pow. I'm Sam Delaney. So what? It's the latest episode of the Owen Odyssey. We're looking at Michael Owen's book, Reboot, which came out in 2019. It's a, it's a pre-corona book. No mention of any viruses at all in it. Right. Um, which is good, really. It's a bit of a light relief for us. Um, before we get into it, Sam, in this one, I want to talk a little bit more about Glenn A. Larson. Because oh. he's kind of become the... The mascot of the Owen Odyssey. Of the Owen Odyssey, yeah. He's just as much, he's just as much about Glenn A. Larson this, as it is about Owen. This this is about a, a series that Glenn A. Larson was the producer on one of his early works, I think, in 1971. You might have heard of it. It's called Alias Smith & Jones. Yes. Yes, I remember that. Because that, that's what they That's what the reference was in the last Smith & Jones, yes. wasn't it? It was taken from that, yeah. It was a massive, massive series, early, early 70s. Now, this... When I read this, someone tweeted about this the other day, actually, uh, Eddie Robson, and it blew my fucking mind, which is quite an appropriate thing to say, really, given what happened. So the series has been going for about a year, right? Mm. Hugely successful on ABC in America. Uh, In the early hours of 1971, the star of the show, Pete Jewell, who played, uh, I'm not sure who he played, he played Hannibal Hayes uh, in it. So they weren't called Smith or Jones. It yeah. was Hannibal Hayes and Kid Curry. So Hannibal Hayes, Pete Jewell, in the early hours, 31st of December, New Year's Eve, 1971, Pete Jewell died of a self-inflicted gunshot wound at the age oh. of 31. Shot, he'd been shot himself. suffering from depression and he'd been yeah. drinking heavily when he shot himself. Upon learning of Pete Jewell's death, executive producer Joe Swirling Jr., this is not Glenn yeah. A. Larson, this is not on him, but it's related to him, uh, the pro- executive producer wanted to end the series, but ABC refused. What happened was they contacted another actor, got him fitted for costumes the following day, New Year's Day 1972, right. and carried on. Fucking hell. They didn't even have a fucking day off for New Year's Day. They just got, they called someone they just, up. They called the they casting got, agency and went, right. someone in. Right, you, you got anyone in on New Year? I need someone double quick. I don't... I, to be but honest, not, I, I couldn't care less who they are. Not double time. No. I'm not paying double time. I don't care about that. I need someone to come round, get fitted up for costumes today. Right? We're filming tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. They fucking carried on the day after he died. 
and he was one of the two stars of the series. Well, it's like that's can you imagine showbiz, if, mate? That is showbiz. Can you, can you imagine Minder if Dennis Waterman, God forbid, had killed himself, <laughs> and then the next day they brought in Shane Ritchie and just carried on? No, you got that wrong, mate. Because Shane Ritchie played uh, Arthur it, Daly. Yeah. It was it was Gary Webster, wasn't it? Gary Webster. Who took we, over. We never saw from him again, did we? No. Ray Daly. I'm sure he's still around. Ray Daly. And there was a ki- there was a kid at my school who was mates with us and he looked a lot like Ray Daly. So his nickname just became Ray Daly, which looking back now, because he's sort of lost Ray Daly is a character lost in the mists of pop cultural time. Yeah. Because he was just like no one remembers the Ray Daly years of Minder. And so when, I do. so when this, yeah, you do obviously. You, the, this lad now, can you imagine if you know if I bumped into, I'd go, all right, Ray, and people would yeah. have to. They go, why do they call you Ray? <laughs> oh, because there was a time where I resembled a character from Minder. <laughs> what Arthur Daly? No, Terry McCann? No, Dave the Barman? No, <laughs> Inspector Chisholm? No. Well, who then? <laughs> That um, Dennis Waterman's Terry McCann's cousin, played by a young Ray Winston. No. <laughs> then who? Ray Daly, Arthur's nephew, who took over in the early nineties when Dennis Waterman <laughs> chose to leave the series, and that's who I'm named after. <laughs> Fucking hell! <laughs> Tell you what, though, the Ray Daly episodes—they're not bad. They're not bad. They're not. <laughs> Terry McCann episodes, but they're watching. <laughs> I think in, in me, the thing about I wasn't a massive fan of Terry McCann because oh well, I mean I loved the show, but I thought it was all about Arthur. It's all about Arthur isn't and it? Yeah. Dave. I thought Terry as a character was a fucking moaning cunt. Like he never just <laughs> went, he just never went along with stuff. Do you know what I mean? It's like yeah. Arthur was the one with all the energy. Right, all and the he imagination. was on with all the ideas, and 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 he kept fucking Terry in work. Terry was a washed up old boxer, right? Mm-hmm. And he would have been a cabbie or a barman, but instead he was making decent wedge cash in hand for basically being Arthur's bit of muscle. And let's be honest, it rarely got that fucking dangerous. He usually just had to punch out a couple of fucking you know plastic Folks. gangsters sort of thing, right? Mm. And every time. Uh, Arthur came to him. He'd come to him in the bar. What was it called? The club? Can't remember. The Winchester. The Winchester. And he'd go, I've got a nice bit of work for you, Terence. And he'd go, oh, bloody hell, Arthur, not again. Oh, I don't <laughs> want to get involved in another one of your schemes. And I was, I always would watch it, even as a kid, and I'd think, well, why don't you fuck off then and get a fucking yeah. different job? Why don't you get a proper yeah. job? Why don't you go and work up fucking Sainsbury's, right? Or, or do whatever, go and retrain, go and retra- go to agricultural college, right? You're sitting around in the Winchester, he comes and gives you work, right? Which, to be honest, there's a bunch of fucking thugs hanging around the Winchester who'd probably be able to do it just as well as you, right? Um, but he chooses you because he's a good mate to you and all you do is fucking moan. But you don't mind taking mm. the money and you don't mind going and belting people for him either. Whereas I felt Ray, from my memory of him, was much more accommodating to Arthur yeah. because he was his uncle and he looked up to him and yeah. I just felt he respected him a bit more. And he was a bit thick. He was thick. But like yeah. Terry, I don't know, Terry was one of those hypocrites, I felt. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Whinging on, whinging on, whinging on. We've all worked with him. Whinge, whinge, whinge. This is shit. It's awful. I hate it. Then, then, then why is the boss getting me to do that? And you think, we well, don't fucking have to be here, mate. I mean, that mm-hmm. might be a bit unsympathetic, what I'm saying. I don't know what Terry's personal circumstances are. But he, to me, 
he was doing, you know, he had options other than working for Arthur. So why did he yeah. judge Arthur so much? I, I respected Arthur. Arthur. Arthur was a schemer. He embodied the, the good and en- uh, enterprising entrepreneurial spirit of Thatcher's Britain. Yeah. He was hustling a living, wasn't he? He was. I mean, there, there was the one episode I watched recently where Terry decides, you know, as he regularly does, he's had enough of working for Arthur. Yeah. And he applies for a job in a car a car showroom yeah. as a salesman. Yeah. And he gets the job. Oh. And he, is he he's any good at Arthur, it? He? He's expecting Arthur to put a spanner in the works yeah. and nobble it, but <laughs> yeah. he, gets, he, get, he gets the job. And then he decides, no, oh, hang on a minute. I don't exactly. really want to do this. The yeah. grass isn't always greener. And I reckon Arthur could have nobbled him, but he thought, fuck it, all right. He's moaning all the time. Let him have his job and see how he likes. Exactly. Get, getting up every day at the crack of dawn, going in, working in a dull job that's mainly commission, right? Having to fucking schmooze these like irritating car buyers, lots of them are time wasters. Answer to a boss who's officious and tedious, right? Mm-hmm. When he works for Arthur, he generally get. I don't think. Uh, generally speaking, their schemes don't start that early, do they? No. Almost always, Terry woke up. It was it was all set in Fulham, weirdly, which I think it was anyway, or at least a lot of it was filmed around there. A lot right. of people think of that as quite a posh suburb, but of course, like all parts of London, it's got its rough bits. Quite big Fulham, and but I might be wrong about that before you write in. But I have a memory they had an association with Fulham and Lampard. It it get it get up in his nice flat in Fulham. Almost always have some sort of dolly bird, if you'll excuse my use of an eighties term, in bed next yeah. to him. And then there'd be knock, knock, knock at the door and he'd go, he'd look at his watch, finish his tea. Oh, it's Arthur. Mm. Get out mm-hmm. of bed. Sometimes bare-chested. But in yeah. those days, a lot of the hunks were slightly out of shape. That was the look, wasn't it? <laughs> Everyone was, though, weren't they? Like, so Terry would sort of, was supposed to be this hard man and a hunk. <clears throat> so he had sort of pectoral muscles, but was really hairy and obviously had a bit of a pot belly. But yeah. my mum would, <clears throat> my mum's foot would still be going. She'd still be going, oh, he's, mm. di- he's dishy, yeah, yeah. that Terry McCann. He'd still be tasty enough, wouldn't he? Yeah. yeah, definitely. The whole package. Yeah, and Arthur would be coming round and he'd have someone with him delivering 12 massive boxes that he wanted to <laughs> store in Terry's flat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, oh, Arthur, not again. What the hell's this? <laughs> Sweetheart, put some bloody clothes on. It's Arthur. <laughs> oh. I will say, though, it's on. It's on every day on ITV4. And while we're all confined to our barracks... There's a lot of things you could be doing for an hour a day. Great than thing to do to pass the time. Get get involved in some minder. I'd, and the professionals I'd, as well. That's on every day as My well. brother went to school with someone and they said in class, they were going round the classroom saying, what do you want to be? What do you want to do for a living when you leave school? And a kid apparently, dead seriously when it got to him, said, I want to be minder. and this teacher went excuse me what he goes i want to be minder and he goes do you mean you want to be a minder no i want to be minder you know off the telly i want to be him (laughs) (laughs) and the teacher just sort of like looked a bit confused and came okay who's next oh i want to be a fucking architect do you know what i mean We'll have to try and uh, set you up with a, a dodgy, yeah. crooked local businessman. But, uh, you know, it's we, possible. We might be able to do that, yeah. <laughs> Shall we uh, look at Michael Owen? Be, but I suppose it looked like he got a lot of sex, didn't he? Got a yeah. lot of sex and a lot of fighting, which basically when you're Fits an adolescent, and and a, adolescent and boy are the two things that you're after. Yeah, he had a... 
He had a, yeah, Capri, was it a Capri? So, yeah. yeah. I mean, to be fair, he had a Capri. He had a job where he didn't have to wear a suit or a uniform or get up mm-hmm. early in the morning. He did most of his meetings in the Winchester Club, which, by the way, always looked so appealing, didn't it? Doesn't it? And yeah. It's the downstairs the, element of it, aren't Exactly. Like, the idea that it's a, a club, so it's a bit more refined mm. than a pub. And because of that, there's never queues at the bar. You just walk in and Dave's just serving yeah. you whatever you want. Fuck. Yeah, I want to be minder thinking about it. <laughs> yeah, me as well. <laughs> I probably want to be Arthur Daly, actually. <laughs> oh, man. Anyway, yeah, minder, ITV4, get involved. So, Michael Owen. When we left yeah. him, he was talking a lot about things being Bob on, wasn't he? Things were Bob on, but then it was uh, it was paparazzi, wasn't it? In the bushes when oh, he was playing they golf. they weren't Bob on. Which they, that wasn't Bob on. Um, and he's got Tony Stevens, who I think is his is his advisor or manager or something like that. Mm. Um, and he's uh, Tony's been proactive during the summer of nineteen ninety eight. He says it was his agent. Yeah, uh, his job in a, as my agent, in addition to the football side of things, was threefold. It's a very Ooh, Michael Owen sense. Threefold, that, yeah. Very Michael Owen sense. I that. see your job, Tony, as threefold, and those yeah. folds are as follows. Others. Fold one. <laughs> Commercial opportunities. Fold two. Day-to-day admin. <laughs> well, I know you're laughing about it, but obviously Michael then lists the three folds in the book. One, he says, develop a public persona image for me as his client. Two, as an extension of that, use that image to secure the best possible commercial opportunities for me on my behalf. <laughs> Three. Finally, and he was good at this too. He says he was responsible Wank for managing me off, my. No. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> he, he was responsible. Whack me off. He was responsible for managing my interview time carefully. Oh god. <laughs> okay, now manage it carefully, Tony. Not Don't just normally. Carefully. <laughs> uh, as much as I was in high demand, Tony didn't just let anyone talk to me. Oh. Fucking hell! Yeah, we've had a uh, we've had a call, Michael, from the uh, the Carlisle Gazette. They want two hours with you on Thursday. I've said no. Oh, thanks, Tony. You know best. <laughs> now that's pre- the kind of careful management of my time I've been looking for. That's one of the folds that's that I Bob mentioned on. earlier on. That's Bob on. That is Bob on. <laughs> Tony protected me, and I appreciated it. And those outlets he did allow time with me, he ensured paid handsomely for that time. Ooh. Fuck, Tony was a revolutionary, wasn't he? Genius. No one's ever done this before. Paid handsomely? Hang on a minute. What's this? Checkbook journalism? Checkbook Ooh. fucking journalism? So he's going, if you want to interview me as a member of the press, you've got to pay me. That's that's not how this shit works, Michael Owen, you piss taker. Well, yeah, all right, I'll speak to you. Ten grand. Yeah. Well, that's Tony Stevens about it. You've got, to, you've got to go through Tony Stevens to get to Michael. So, deal with it. You can either cough up or you don't get Michael. What yeah, do you want? But the truth is, he was at he was he was represented by Umbro, and if you wanted to get to Michael Owen, you just had to get to Umbro, and yeah. they would get you the access for free. But they pay. No, what well, they paid him every year. A contract, mm. and then because I did this on a magazine, I don't think I did the interview, but I set up. But I set up a lot of stuff and and did some things with Alan Shearer, uh, who at the same time was with Umbro. So Umbro right. aren't aren't such a big player anymore. But at that time, I remember that they had both these guys. Um, they had 
they had Owen and, and Shearer, who were the two best stars you could have. And yeah, and basically, you could interview them as much as you wanted. You had to in, just simply have a photo with them wearing an Umbro t-shirt in it next yeah. to the interview. And then that's it. Yeah. And it and goes, then the beat, Michael be Owen was speaking interview, in it? association with Umbro, who yeah. have just launched the new fucking dry tech t-shirt that stops your tits from bleeding. <laughs> I mean, that wasn't what they asked me to write, but I would always just write that because very often I was in a hurry to file my copy, so I couldn't be bothered looking at the press release said fat Susan and say, ah, it stops your tits from bleeding. Get involved, dickheads. <laughs> Sam, Go up Sam, the Ombro put- shop. Sam, in the bike load of you, you've put at the end that the, the, the product stops your tits from bleeding, but it's actually boots. So uh, how can you explain that? Well, I can explain it because do you know, uh, do you think these boots will make your tits bleed? Of course they won't. How can you prove that if your tits don't bleed, the boots haven't played a role in that? Think about it. Think on. Only if someone kicks you in the tits with the boots. <laughs> yeah. Drags their studs down. Uh, and he says, I mean, he says that Tony did a great that's a, job creating. That's a straight red, isn't it? Going studs up in on someone's tits. On, on the tits, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's deliberate. Isn't ah, it? my tits, ref. Sorry, new it. FIFA directive. That's a straight red. Fuck yeah. off. It's my first chance, my first defence. The game's only been going 10 minutes. Don't care, mate. You've gone in studs up on that fella's tits and now they're bleeding all over the place. We can't have that. He has to go off. <laughs> that's how patched up. That's how fucking on. diseases spread, you cunt. <laughs> <laughs> ah, yeah. my tits! You can't see it was an accidental challenge, you know, and you were trying over the ball. The ball is never anywhere near the tits where so your boots should be. It's the sort of shit that you, the Argentinians of the era would have done. Yeah. Your Diego Simeones of this world going Sneaky in tit high. And you can imagine Brian, <laughs> Brian Moore going, oh, and that, let's look at the replay. Yeah, he's got in tits high there. That's that's not nice to see. That's cynical. unpleasant. That's it. That's cynical and unpleasant. That's a very typical <laughs> South American tactic there. <laughs> it's unfortunately the kind of thing we see all too often amongst the Latin Americans. <laughs> <laughs> oh, horrible business. And then it... You know, the foreigners start creeping into the English game and you, once your Uruguayans and your Argentinians, once your mm. Gus Poets of this world are yeah. playing in the Premier League, then they're all then kids are seeing that, Andy, on the TV. The what do you think they're doing in the playground on Monday? They're tick kicking. They're tick kicking because they think it's cool. Well, it's not uh, cool. And I don't think it's, it's the sort of thing you would have seen the likes of Nat Lofthouse and Stanley Matthews doing. Yeah. Re- re- real heroes. Jalapeño. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Jalapeño. But of course, this is why now when you see some players coming off the pitch and they'll take the shirt off, they're wearing them bra things because <laughs> it reinforces the tits, doesn't it? Yeah, Umbro manufactured them. 
Yeah. The Umbro Titty Protector, because technology's moved on since when it was just these T-shirts. These were these actually are like they're like well, basically they're like shin guards, but for your tits. The rubberized, aren't they? Yeah, vulcanized. They're, like extra, they're vulcanized rubber. Tit. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and they're called tit guards. And um, Umbro do Nike do one. They do some special Cristiano Ronaldo endorsed ones. Mm. Um, they've all they've all got them. You can get them now where they've got the um, an actual nipple attached on the front. To so trick- it, houses, it houses the actual nipple. Yeah. But it and looks as if you're Also, actually it, it's really good because if you are playing against the South American, like if you're up mm. against a Uruguayan defender, it tricks them mm. because they think they can see the nipple through the transparent nipple guard. Yeah. And they, they think, think that, you're aroused. Not, yeah, they think that. Puts uh, it off. Hey, English, I see your tits are nice and hard, yeah? Yeah, you like me, don't you, you, you sexy me. bastard? Now, get ready. I'll kick your tick clean off. Aye! Ah! <laughs> you're wearing guard the whole time, you tricky bastard. Ah, yeah, have that, you filthy foreign fucker. <laughs> I broke my toe. Good. <laughs> you have no sexual thoughts about me at all? Uh-huh. Oh, no! <laughs> You like the Latin fire, don't you, English? You like this is the sort of sexiness you lack at home. <laughs> With your boring Caucasian wife. <laughs> She's you'll so make, sensible make, in bed. You'll make functional missionary position love to her, but all the while you think about me yeah. kicking your tits off. You watch Minder, then you go upstairs, switch off light. <laughs> And have silent sex in missionary position. Leave your socks on, you pig. <laughs> you want to be in my house in non-stop calypso sex. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone invited. That's the Uruguayan way. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that's Umbro. Um, <laughs> and Michael says that Tony did a great job creating the Michael Owen brand. Not harmed at all by the fact that he already had experience of mopping up great commercial deals. Ooh. Mopping them up. For mop David that Beckham. up. Tony, <laughs> Tony, I've seen a commercial deal. I want you to mop it up for me. Look at the state of this office. <laughs> commercial deals all over the floor. Where's mop your em. mop? Mop them, cunt. <laughs> all right, Michael. <laughs> have, have, you not, have you not got the Bernard Langer dustpan? Can you not get them picked up with that? Um... Fucking hell! He gets he gets too into this. In in his eyes, I was arguably every bit as marketable as David Beckham was. Post ninety eight, the press had seemed to enjoy playing David and I off against each other as good cop, bad cop types. Mm. Which I kind of suppose is right because Beckham was national enemy number one, wasn't he? After that he was, but I mean, it's ironic it because long. there is nothing bad really about David Beckham. Do you know no. what I mean? Like. If they tried to portray him as a bad boy, I mean, it's a bit fucking far-fetched, isn't it? I mean, as you know, I'm a big fan of David Beckham. I haven't got a bad word to say about the bloke. But he uh, he's not. Yeah, I mean, he's not. And he never even attempted to come across a bad boy. Quite the opposite. He always wanted to be the boy next door. But he also liked to dress in an unconventional, fashionable way, influenced by his wife. So that confused jo- all the John Pig faces on Fleet Street mm. because they see things in such kind of... Linear ways. Whoa. and a, Who is this? He does, he does not conform. He doesn't. He's neither Alan Shearer 
Nor John Barnes. Oh, he's, he's like the boy George of football. Look at yeah. him dressed like that. Oh, What's no. he done? He's changed his hairstyle again. Oh, it's disgusting. Well, he can't be an homo because he's got that he's got that one out of the fucking Spice Girls, isn't he? Maybe he's a secret homo. Remember, even Elton got married once. <laughs> I don't understand. It's giving me an headache. Let's just yeah. put him down as a bad boy. That'll cover it for now. <laughs> Elton got married that time, but we simple part of that, didn't we? Yeah. Yeah. Made up yeah. all that shit about rent boys, didn't we? Yeah. That, that showed him. <laughs> boss, boss, can I make up some stories about rent boys and David Beckham? No, you better not. The lawyers have told us to back <laughs> off that one ever since Elton <laughs> done us in court. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we learned our lesson. What have been not true and all that? Yeah, <laughs> Turns apparently out you can't do that. Apparently, fucking piece of political correctness gone mad, right? You can't even fucking you can't even lie anymore about the celebrities you don't like for arbitrary reasons. <laughs> <laughs> the celebrities you've taken against for a mixture of arbitrary prejudices and actual homophobic ones. <laughs> <laughs> fucking game's gone, isn't it? Yeah, it's not like it used to be. Journalism's dead. Um, so uh, within a few weeks of the end of the World Cup I was one of the public faces of as many blue chip companies as you could think of oh how does oh. he know how many we can think of well we're, well, re- we're us, really into us, blue chip companies okay and here is the list of <laughs> as the list is him. as follows which I've realised if I list them it will eat up another Some large chunk of my word count yeah. Now, when I'm reading this list out, Sam, I want you to think of blue chip companies all right, in your right, mind and tick okay. them off yeah. in the list. Jaguar. Mm. Yep. Yeah. Walker's Crisps. Yeah. <laughs> Umbro. Yeah. Pepsi. Oh, you, definitely. <laughs> Purcell. Big time. <laughs> the list started to get a bit weak, though. Uh, Purcell. Tissot. Tissot. Mm. Tissot. Is that the, is that yeah, the, the brand people, of tick guards? Oh, no, okay. Tick tock, tits off, English. Time's ticking the way. Soon your tits kick crazy. Soon as that whistle blows, bang! Tick tock, tits off. I kick your tits off, you little sissy boy. And Lucasade. And then Lucasade, yeah. And then he says, and a whole host of others too numerous to list. Yeah, right. That's like because... when you're li- then it, that's like to listing girls that you've had it off with. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 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 and who else? You've only named yeah. six. A minute ago, you said you'd, you'd slept with over 20 women. Yeah, and then a list of others. who It's just too numerous to list. Too I haven't got the time. But trust me, there's at least 15 others beyond the six I've just mentioned. And the one I've just mentioned is the uh, sex equivalent of Lucasid. <laughs> um, yeah stop stop listing them stop actually listing them now Michael you've got a Lucas head please stop now a, ho- a whole host of others too numerous to list he says I was a walking advertisement <sighs> uh, Jaguar used to give him two new cars every year for many years great uh, and he gave most of them to his dad so fair enough uh, and his dad used to have the nickname Terry Two Jags a little bit like John Prescott <laughs> Excellent. he was the John Prescott of the Football dad scene. Uh, he says he loved co- being called that. There he was fending off bailiffs, which must have mm. been, I don't know, we didn't deep it, deep delve into the. Uh, no, the years, but they, but they did, they did, they did have actual, I don't know what, you, if you describe it as poverty, but they, it was proper 
very working class, very poor background that you grow up right. in, selling furniture and stuff like that to pay the mm. bills. So, yeah, so, I mean, you know, although he comes across as... What's the right word for him? He comes across as a bit chippy, I think. Yeah, well, I mean, book. the whole book's that, isn't it? The reboot thing. Yeah, very, very chippy. But he had probably a very fairly difficult childhood and it was a little bit damaged and that probably informed some of these personality traits as he was growing up. Well, he spent all the time in the garden kicking the ball around, didn't he? He didn't socialise yeah. with anybody. So maybe that's Practising that goal against Argentina. Yeah. It was worth it though, wasn't it? Mm. Yeah. Well done, Michael. Uh, yeah, he's, uh, his dad was nicknamed two, Terry Two Jags. Uh, we still joke about it now, he says. That's a nice touch. Um... Now then, to secure these relationships, Tony created an image of me that to this day I feel a little conflicted about. Oh, here we are. this is He's getting now, on his high horse. We're getting to the nub here. Soapbox, yeah. We're getting to the psychology of this book here. Um, given that the thrust of this image was that I was a whiter than white angelic family man, mm. I'm grateful that he perpetuated it back then because on one of those counts he was correct. I am and have always been a family man. No. He says, "Very, very." I, 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 assuredly. I think he protests too much. Yeah, I'm. I mean, yeah. call call me cynical, but the moment he says that, I'm thinking, "Who have you been fucking?" <laughs> yeah, I'll be up there. I'm a terrible cynic, but whenever anyone goes on Facebook or Twitter, when anyone goes on Facebook and says how, like, delivers a message directly to their wife who mm. they live with, mm. I. Just love you so much, and you mean everything to me. And mm. my whole life is about you, and you are so beautiful and incredible. Blah 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 blah. I immediately think, who have you been caught fucking? Who've you been fucking? Yeah. Who've you? Who she stood? She stood over you as you've typed that out and pressed send. You've been as found, a result of something you've done. You've been found with your cock in someone's mouth, and yeah. now you or think something's that, mouth. Yeah, and that in the dog's mouth. And now you think that a fucking poxy Facebook post is going to change anything. <laughs> Unless you think you're putting one in the back. Unless you're going out and you've just splashed on the old uh, boots, fucking sandalwood aftershave, mm. and you, you, you bind mm. your best shirt and you're just out to get your cock sucked by someone who's not your wife. Mm. And you think, oh. Just what was I supposed to do? Right, I've, I've cleaned my teeth, I've put on the aftershave, I've had a shit. Uh, what was the last thing I'd do? Oh, yeah, I'll quickly get on Facebook and declare my undying love and loyalty to my wife because that way I've got one in the bank. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's the uh, it's the digital equivalent of an MP used to get caught having an affair and he would go down to the end of his driveway with the yeah. wife yeah. and they'd stand together in a show of solidarity. Yeah. Yeah, I, all I'm saying is if you've been having it off and you've been caught or haven't been caught, never, ever pledge your allegiance to your wife on Facebook because it looks <laughs> like a smoking gun. Yeah. You might as well just, you might just as well write, I've been fucking, fucking around a bit. Yeah. <laughs> you might as well just write that. Update everyone. <laughs> I've been fucking around a bit. Yeah. No further questions, thank you. Status update. I am <laughs> I am an infidel. Do you remember when Facebook used to have your name and it would say yeah. Andy Dawson is, and then it would be like dot blah, dot blah. dot and you would yeah. put is or has yeah. whatever, you'd finish the sentence. 
has been fucking around. Yeah. But <laughs> I there's a kid I went to school with who I'm still friends with on Facebook and he still he he was always an eccentric at school. He still thinks that you write it in the same way. So it's 2020. If I go on Facebook today and look at his most recent quote I won't say his name, but on his most recent status update, he will always write it like that. So he'll have his name and then he'll go, is wondering when this bloody virus will end or something like that. Yeah. He'll always write something like that. It's like, mate, they did away with that like over a decade ago, but he's just got into the rhythm of it. Yeah. He also, there was this, there was a girl. It's so funny, the little school things that still exist. On social media, because what what happened with our generation was, you went to school, then you left, and then all the people and things that happened at school drifted into what seemed like sepia fucking mm. memories, and they were all kind of forgotten. Especially the details, the little stories, the incidents that define someone's reputation in your school years, etc. Mm. And then about what? Um, about 10, 12 years after we had left. Well, more than that, if you're talking about school. So I left school. I left, like, I did my GCSEs in 1991, right? And then Facebook must have started kicking around. I think I joined Facebook in about 2007, right? right. So 16 years later, mm. all these things reemerge and they suddenly become as fresh as uh, as anything, like they happened yesterday. So what I'm saying is for years after leaving school, they seemed like ancient history. But mm. now, even later, they seem... Do you see what I'm trying to say? They seem like fresh and new because yeah. they just... Because the personalities of everyone just sit there existing on Facebook. You remember everything. So this, this kid, who was a, a little bit nerdy and a little bit eccentric, a, a, a character, let's say, at school. Um, and then there was a girl who everyone fancied like she was very beautiful right and she one day this is a few years ago when everyone first sort of re-emerged onto facebook and it was like you came blinking into line going oh hi how are you you know i last saw you in 1991 she posted a picture of herself and i knew that every boy every bloke uh, who'd been in my ear all, was sitting there rubbing hands waiting they'd seen that she'd done they're waiting for a new facebook to see is she still like she was yeah, she's posted the picture, and it's uh, it looked like almost professionally taken. It was a black and white headshot. It looked really right. nice, yeah. And basically, she's still, she was still, very, still got it. She still got it. And I was thinking, everyone's just looking at this. They're not going to say anything, even liking it. I don't know because you can't help feel like you're sitting in the playground. So just liking it would look creepy. I know I would judge someone else who I went to yeah. school with for liking it. I go, ah, you dirty cunt, <laughs> <laughs> right? But this lad, the really like eccentric nerdy one, he wrote within an instant, and we're all like in our thirties by the time this happens. She's posted this picture, and within seconds, he's written <laughs> underneath. I'll never forget it because I respect him. He's just written underneath, simply beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> and what, what made else it can anyone else add? What, what made I mean? it even funnier was the moment that happened. My best mate, 
who was at the time living in fucking Thailand, right, in a fucking different time zone, miles away, right? I'm chuckling to myself as I see this post come up and thinking this is all playing out just in front of me. And my phone beeps and it's my mate and it's probably yeah. the middle of the night in Thailand and he's texting me the words, Simply Beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> and we still use it now. I mean, this is like 12, 13 yeah. years ago. We still text each other simply beautiful all the time. <laughs> it's fucking funny. Brilliant. Simply beautiful. And you got to hand it to this kid because he was like, not, you know, he's not the sort of lad who, who had any girlfriends or anything at school. And mm. it, I think, in a way, he showed greater maturity than the rest of us. Like, he had grown into more of mm. a man than me or yeah. any of the, uh, my other mates. Because whereas we were all just sitting there going, oh, I wonder if she's going to post the picture. I wonder if she's still fit. And they have gone, oh, better not put like it. Then she'll know I'm looking. He's just gone. He's got the balls. Uh, apparently yeah. he'd been through the army. He's been a military man. Right. And I think that had been the making of him. So he's, just, of him yeah. so he's just written, no, he doesn't give a fuck who's judging him. He's been a man. He's written, simply beautiful. Or he's what the only a one fucking without- poet. He's the only one without a wife who can put that and get away with it. That's also true, I think. Does yeah, that as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And as it happens, I mean, this is quite bad because actually, I, I actually was in touch with this girl because you know I went to school with my wife. I mean, we weren't yeah. together until years later when we were in our twenties, but we first knew each other at school. So we had we have loads of mutual friends, and the girl I'm talking about is actually was friends with my wife. So there was right. no way I was going to get away you with writing simply beautiful. beautiful. No way. Oh, <laughs> be disastrous um, we're going to leave it there we'll, we'll touch on Michael Owen's whiter than white angelic image and his problems with it in the next episode yeah there we are that's the own odyssey for this week uh, thanks for listening TTFN dickheads uh, feel free to get in touch on Twitter and email with stories akin to that I don't know what that subject matter is no but not, there's yeah. something about like when old school incidents maybe, reemerge, maybe catchphrases you've got with your mates. Yeah, that's as a good. Result of oh, we've got fucking tons of random those. Random incidents. Yeah. Yeah. We've got one. Me and my brother's got one. We were walking at the stadium of light once, and two um, two mounted policemen were coming towards us on their horses. Mm. And um, there was a fella in a wheelchair just in front of them. And I heard the first cop turn and say to the other one, Wheelchair Keith. Just to give him a little give him a little warning that there was a fella in front of the wheelchair and not, not to fucking knock him over off the, with the horse. What and now you go wheelchair Keith. Wheelchair Keith. You know every time we walk into the match and we see a mounted policeman and we just say to each other, Wheelchair Keith. <laughs> That's it. Give us the lines and the stories behind them. Keep it short though, lads. Yeah, oh God, keep it short, please. Yeah. All right, right that, until until it. next time, that's it. Keep it cunty. Ta-da.